0: The following is a sermon from the Vicar and Shur Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to shur-foundation.org. We'll be continuing with our sermon series, Victorious, this morning uh, with a text from Revelation chapter 5, verse, starting with verse 11. So, If you're online, open up your Bibles. And here we're on page 10 in your bulletins. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom And the elders fell down and worshiped. This is the word of the Lord. You know, there's something about lemonade stands here in New York City that cracked me up. (laughs) Like, I don't know if you know this, but on Holy Saturday before Easter, we were doing a little Art art in the park project. And we were also giving lemonade to people that were passing by. And what cracks me up about lemonade stands here is is when you're trying to give away free lemonade, you know what people do? They see you from, from a little bit of a distance and they see that you might try to talk to them and they like lower their their look to the ground and they speed up and they like like you're they don't want to talk to you. They don't want free lemonade, and it's free lemonade. So I'm wondering, like, why what's the big deal? Why is everyone trying to run away from us? But at the same time, I totally get it. I totally get it because here in New York, we're we're constantly making split second decisions about what's worth our time. Like, what's worthy of me stopping and talking to you? So in their minds, they're thinking, hmm, like is it worthy of my time if when they give me the lemonade they try to start a conversation and like they, they require that i talk to them which which we don't they can take it and run but this is what's going on in their head or they're thinking like is it worthy of my money they're saying it's free but are they going to ask me for a donation which again we don't but that's also what's going through their head or is it worthy of my trust? Like, I don't trust anybody that's giving away free stuff on Roosevelt. I don't know about you, but they're, they're making these decisions about what is worthy of me stopping. I totally get it. Totally get it. But what I don't get is that we treat God like he's at a lemonade stand. That we treat God like, like he's just there. And every morning we wake up and we got to walk by him and say, oh, man, I wonder if he's worthy of me today. I wonder if he's I wonder if he's worthy of my time or I wonder if he's worthy of my money or I wonder if he's worthy of my trust. And I guess this morning what I want you to take away. Is that that is not a question. It just isn't a question. He's not there for us to walk by every morning and wonder he is worthy. The lamb is worthy, and he's worthy because he was slain. And because of that, he's worthy to absolutely every person, and he's worthy of everything. So that's my prayer this morning as we go through this text. I don't know if you know the, the story of, of King Arthur and, and his magical sword, Excalibur or not. But there's this, there's this legend that there was a sword stuck in a rock. And this is before King Arthur was King Arthur. And it wasn't just stuck in this rock because it was wedged in there, but it was stuck in there because there was a curse. There was a curse that no one could take this sword out of the rock unless they were worthy to hold it, worthy to pull it out. So as the movies portray it, all these strong knights come and... And they're trying to pry the sword out of this rock. And strong night after strong night, nobody can do it. Until weak, unimportant Arthur at that time walks up. And just with one hand, the sword glides out of the rock. And at that moment, everyone around just bows down and proclaims proclaims him as king. Because he was worthy to hold the sword. He was worthy to remove the curse on that sword. You know what I find striking about our text this morning? Is that when the angels sing their song, they don't don't say worthy is the lamb. Worthy is Jesus because he's God. They don't say worthy is the lamb because he created us. They say, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. The only reason they give for why He's worthy is because He was slain. Because He was worthy to remove the curse of our sin. And and that's something that only the Lamb could do. No one else could do it. It's like He... Pulled the rock, the, the sword out of the rock. He removed the curse of our sin from us. But instead of using the sword for his own advantage or power, he took that sword, gave it to someone else, and let them kill him. That's why our Lamb is worthy, because he was slain. He removed our curse. He did something that no one else could do, so we can proclaim him as King and Lord of all. But we have, to, we have to go to this next question here. The lamb is worthy because he was slain, and he's worthy to us, and we're all here, and we're proclaiming him as worthy. But we have to wonder, because we're in a certain age, an age of choice, I think, like who exactly is he worthy to? Because I think in the way we think, everyone can decide for themselves what's worthy or not. And I've got two examples for this. One is someone close to me recently uh, said this to me. They said, I'm glad Jesus does it for some people. Really, I'm glad, but he ain't doing nothing for me. He ain't doing nothing for me. And I think another example of this age of choice is is kind of as as a culture, how we treat children and, and religion that more and more common, parents want to let their child decide what religion they want to choose. It's, it's like, I don't, want to, I don't want to force my religion on them. I want them to grow up and decide for themselves whatever they want. If they want to follow Buddha, great. If they want Allah, great. I found what works for me. Jesus works for me. But you got to find something that works for yourself. I think... As a culture, we live in this, this age of, of choice. And I just want to let those thoughts, that mentality sit. And I want to compare it to our text here today and see what Revelation has to say about that kind of thinking. And the first thing is in verse 11. Verse 11, this is the description before the angels sing their song. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000 they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders so in this picture we've got a throne in the middle and there seated on it is a lamb who is slain and and just outside there's a circle of of four living creatures and they're all looking at the lamb at the center and surrounding those four living creatures. There's 24 elders surrounding them, looking at the lamb and around all the elders around the living creatures around the lamb at the center are 10 million angels all singing at this one lamb in the center. And I guess my question is, does this seem like the type of concert that you'd see at a music festival? Does this seem like the type of concert that, that you can just leave halfway, go to another stage, see a different performer? Go, let me just like go and worship Allah for a little bit. Let me go, go and see Buddha. Let me just walk through these 10 million angels and go to another stage to worship or does it seem like there is only one thing going on? There's the lamb at the center of everything, and him alone is praised. There's only one who's worthy. There's only one concert, and there will only be one concert, and it's worshiping the lamb. But there's another thing that Revelation gives us, and it's, it's even more clear than that. In verse 13. Then I heard every creature, every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them. So John's hearing these voices and and he looks down to New York City and he sees everyone hop off the bus. Everyone just stop, look up to the heavens and say, worthy is the Lamb." And then John's view goes out to the Pacific Ocean where there's a lone man on his boat. And he stops what he's doing. He looks up and he says, worthy is the lamb. And underneath the boat, there's these bubbles coming up from the fish. And they're crying out, worthy is the lamb. And even more, all the way under the earth, under the sea, everyone in hell stops and says, worthy is. Is the Lamb. You see, there's there's really no choice. There's no decision about who's worthy or, or wanting to follow whoever you want. There really is only one who is worthy. And we all will worship him as worthy. The only question is when and how. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. And he's worthy to absolutely everybody on the face of this planet. But we've kind of danced around this question of what exactly he's worthy of. And we've talked about him being worthy, but, but what does it mean that he's worthy? Like what do we what do we give to the lamb? And verse 12 has the answer of that. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. In other words, he's worthy of absolutely everything. You know, Revelation uses the number seven a lot. And it's, it's always the number of completion between man and God. And so when John uses these seven words and even in the words in themselves it covers everything. If you can imagine something that God might be worthy of, he is. And the lamb is worthy. He's worthy of all our power, all our wealth, all our wisdom, all our strength, all our honor, all our glory, all our praise. Like there's, there's nothing in our lives, there's nothing that we have that doesn't deserve to be in the lamb's hands. You see, the lamb is worthy of our entire life. And he can ask that much because he's given that much. He can ask us for our everything because he's given us his everything. He can ask for our time because he gave his entire life as a sacrifice. He gave his perfect life to be our life in our place. He gave all of his wealth. If we're thinking about, is he worthy of, of my wealth or my riches? He gave his holy precious blood. that's worth more than gold. and. If he's worthy of our trust, we just think he died and rose to prove he is worthy of our trust. And he is. The lamb is worthy of our absolute everything. You know, wondering if, if the lamb is worthy, is it's not something that, that we can just like, walk by in a lemonade stand and wonder every morning. Or think, like, ah, I, wonder, I wonder if he's worthy. The Lamb is worthy. And we'll sing that. And at the end of the two songs, John says, the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. So today I'm just going to say Amen. As we go throughout our week, we're going to fall down, worship our Lamb as the only one who is worthy.